Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. In this episode, we're coming with you with a uh, a topical festive idea that I had recently, um, and that is a Thanksgiving special. Uh, I thought this was a Thanksgiving dinner, Joseph. You lied to me. There can be a dinner along with our special, and it will be a special Feed dinner. Me. Feed me. You're the one who cooks. Shh, don't tell them my secrets. <laughs> I don't want them to know that I'm domesticated. You are domesticated. I'm a feral creature, <laughs> and I will be respected as such. John, we were feral at one point. Now we just do feral things to, you know, keep tethered to our past lightly while enjoying no longer being homeless. And this isn't the deepest we're going to get in this Dear podcast. God, I hate that this <laughs> is the surface level. <laughs> oh, God, our poor viewers are just like, what? Uh, poor people. But anyway, we thought we'd have a Thanksgiving episode where we could sort of look back uh, over our year in the hobby and uh, talk about the things that we've been thankful for and that we've enjoyed. Uh, but first, hobby time and games played. John, uh, what have you been up to over there in uh, your hobby land? Well, um, 3D printer go burr, and oh. I now have seven war dogs. That's a lot of burr. Yeah, it's a lot of burr. Um, I also have a lot of rats, like a lot of plague rats. I've been working on World Eater steadily, been painting a rhino, painting some other stuff, excited about them reveals. Ayo. They were actually surprisingly good reveals. Like, I know the internet's, like, in a huff, huffy about it, but, like, I think that putting eight demons inside of a dude is cool. And giving him a chainsaw hand. Although that might be because the anime for Chainsaw Man is just incredible, so I'm really keen on the idea of right this second. Yeah, uh, big ups on Chainsaw Man. Watch it if you're a big fan of World Eaters. You'll probably enjoy it. Um, or if you just, like, on. enjoy good animation. That, too. It's great. And uh, beyond all that, like I'm, those are like projects I'm kind of like working on here and there. As I'm like also making like all sorts of stuff, doing a lot of hobby, not a lot of playing of the game, mm -hmm. uh, just because I've had more time to hobby like here and there instead of like sitting down and playing chunks of game. With like the holiday season coming up, I work in logistics, so like not a whole lot of time to sit down and play game. But I am going to, because of Joseph, probably start a Slaves of Darkness army. hey Because <laughs> as Joseph has stated, wow, that's really kind of your thing. That's not what I said. What I said was, this is an army for people who sit on the toilet and hyperfixate on building a list for a half hour. It translated so, to, wow, this is your thing. But yes. I use different words. Yeah, like, you didn't have to call me. You have to read me the filth, Joseph. What else am I going to do? I don't know. Feed me. Um, <laughs> Are you eating dinner after this? <laughs> I demand chicken tenders, Joseph. Okay, fine. You get them. Finish the bit. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> so anyways, I'm going to continue painting like these Chaos Knights. Uh, I'm going to do some like really cool conversions for them where I'm going to take different friends within our playgroup and their factions and hang bodies of those factions God, off of the knights. You horrible man. And like nail them to pieces of the armor. Yeah, because I'm an asshole. You like, terrible, terrible, mean man. I want to put evil, mean things on the table. And I want you guys to just get really mad and kick the shit out of me. And then afterwards be like, man, I I, I feel bad because I beat the shit out of you at this like plus carbon game. But that dude had to die. But like, that's why I painted him that way. <laughs> John's going to commission all of us to make fe- uh, models for our own armies. I can feel it. Like, hey, can you paint me the best towel that you could paint? And I'm going to spend like 80 hours painting this gorgeous towel. And then John's going to ram a nail through it and giggle. As he drenches it yes. in blood for the blood god. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be amazing. It's going to be perfect. I'm a bastard, but you all love me for it. Terrible man. But at least your printer's uh, running well. Not just one, but two printer. That's true. Double printer. Double printer game changer. Like, I don't plan on going to tournaments with much of these forces. And I have, like, plenty of, pl- like, GW plastic. And I'm going to still get plenty of GW plastic. But having two printers for like bits or like taking some of the kits and extending them to like into more or just like printing things that I want custom that isn't the GW model, like especially for like older stuff like Skaven mm-hmm. and the future Slaves to Darkness stuff, it's just really nice. Uh, like it's just very, very handy. Having two means I can just crank out stuff all the time. The problem with the Slaves to Darkness stuff is that the new warrior kits are incredible. Uh, yeah, I'm probably just going to get the new The warriors. new Warriors, the new Knights, the new Chosen. All of those are bangers. Holy crap. But the, the good news is, is that they are new and pretty. And also in Sarlene Army, so I don't have to spend like $200 on a unit. That's true. You're not going to have 120 Warriors on the tabletop. Yeah. So like, it's fine. That's true. But what about you, Joseph? What are you working on? Oh, 3D printer. Um, it's running now. But over this past like segment of time, I have probably spent conservatively uh, 12 hours trying to fix my 3D printer over the past two weeks. Um, I've been waiting for parts to come in to get it up and running again for months. And uh, they finally came in, and I was super excited to get them and get the printer running again. So I got the parts and I had to spend a whole bunch of time like hacksawing through like steel bolts to get this part off and then get inside the printer and replace the hardware and get it all reset up and recleaned. New FEP, blah, 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 blah. And then I was real excited. Um, And I went to print something and my print failed. Oh, weird. All right. Well, like this... Not uncommon when you have 3D printer, prints could fail. I just did a new setup. You know, maybe I need to re-level. Print it again. That didn't work. Okay, maybe I need to lubricate the FE- the NFEP. Okay, yeah, I'm going to try that. Print again. That didn't work. Okay, I'm going to start fiddling with settings one at a time at my actual printer. And uh, this went on for days. <laughs> days and days. Until... Uh, probably four or five days into me losing my friggin' mind uh, when I finally found out the issue thanks to a dude on a forum who did not give me 
the right answer, but gave me a thing that wasn't the problem, but led me to a right answer. Ah, uh, yes. The, like, Alice falls down the hole solution. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it turns out there was, like, an internal piece. I th- It looks like a little chip or something that uh, inside my printer that the manufacturer had taped to the side of the printer. But when I opened it up, that tape had come loose and it had f- just fallen forward a little. But it had fallen forward into the line of the light coming from the uh, internal emitter and was causing a section of my printer plate up above to just be dead. Nothing. Which is why I was getting fails all across the board. And holy hell, it was driving me insane. But fixed it after much chagrin. Uh, And now I have 3D printed a thousand points of ogres. Yeah, a thousand points of ogres, uh, as well as a bunch of activation banners for my night watch for Song of Ice and Fire, uh, as well as based all of those ogres and put magnets on them, uh, based uh, some crisis suits I've been waiting on bases to come in for, as well as my Riptide. I was waiting for a base on that, and then put magnets on the bottom of all of those bases. So not very much painting, but a lot of hobbying going on, sort of like prep hobbying so I can get ready. Uh, it's been a time. Uh, and I also did get a game in, uh, at my local store. I've sort of poked around. I've been going up there and playing a few pickup games of a song of ice and fire. Very, very few, but I've just been up there chatting with people and, uh, they wanted to do a league for the winter. And, uh, turns out there was enough. I had caused enough chatter amongst people who played a song of ice and fire, uh, that the owners sort of caught on to it and we're starting up a little league. And that started this week, and I had my first game, fought against a really cool dude who played Targaryens, and uh, we had a hell of a time. He, It was maybe, like, one of the biggest comebacks I've ever done in my gaming career, but, I mean, long story short, I have very little experience. He has a ton of experience and has not lost one of these games in A Song of Ice and Fire in six months, so I did not think it would go well for me, and... Uh, When the game started, it went as poorly as I expected because he blew my entire right flank off the face of the earth. And then uh, I went into big brain mode and decided to just play for objectives super hardcore. And through some clever positioning and a few lucky card draws, was able to yank the game back into my favor with points. And uh, it was a slim victory for me, but a victory nonetheless. And uh, it was great. Had a really fun time. And everybody was really cool. Um, I think there's eight of us in the league. But everybody was nice. Having a good time. So uh, I've really enjoyed that. So the hence why I'm printing activation banners for my Night Watch. And I'm also printing out some extra ones for the other Night's Watch player. I noticed he didn't have them. So, uh, you know, Merry Christmas to the fellow guy guarding the wall. Which I'm hoping is a nice token. Um, yes. Spreading that holiday cheer. That hobby cheer. Mm-hmm. Spread it where you can. Uh, spoiler alert, we'll probably also do a Christmas episode. Um, but yeah, it's Ooh-wee. it was a good time, and I'm excited for the next game. We're taking a little break because of Thanksgiving, but next week, back at it. So it's been a busy hobby week, but I don't know. Whenever I don't paint something, my brain kind of pokes me like, ah, you haven't done anything. I don't know why I subconsciously think that everything not painting isn't hobbying. Like, I I don't know where that is, but it's in there. But I'm just going to fight it. Uh, It's been a good hobby week, though. No complaints. uh, Yeah. 
I'm looking forward to the next games we got to play. But before we look forward, it's time to take a little look back. Play the music. John, topic proper, uh, Thanksgiving. So we do have viewer, viewers, not viewers, God, listeners. I don't know what a podcast is. Uh, we do have listeners that are not necessarily from America. I don't know how we found y'all. Uh, how you doing? We appreciate you. We are boggled every time we see your viewership stats. How did you find us? First of all, um, Two, why? And three, um, thank you. Yeah, thank you a lot. Uh, but for I feel like for this to make sense, I don't know how much people know about Thanksgiving outside of the U.S. So just quickly, uh, Thanksgiving is a holiday that we celebrate at the end of November every year uh, when the days are getting really, really short and uh, the nights are getting colder. And it is a time that we get together and we share these big meals and... Uh, Historically, there's a lot of weird context around it that's probably not so great, but in essence, uh, it is looking back at the year and taking time to inventory and be thankful for the uh, things and people in your life for that year that you're glad to have had. And uh, then you eat a whole bunch of food. If you were with my family, you watched football, you ate all day argued about nonsense it was great it's a great time um but i thought it might be good for us to kind of do the same thing to, for the hobby you think john yeah i think there's a there's a lot of things that the community can do and especially as things trend towards the negative more and more yep um it's good to like stop and think about like all right but like what's the cool things like what's the good things right like it doesn't always have to be like Oh, GW's prices keep going up. Like, yeah, that sucks. But like, also, maybe you met some really cool people this year that you got to play some games with, and like, long, like, can be long friendships, mm-hmm. right? Like, you giving those activation banners to the guy for a song of ice and fire. Maybe that's like a thing that will impact them. Maybe and spreading that kind of holiday spirit of not like not toxic positivity, like not ignoring the negatives, but like. Being happy and grateful for the things that are going good, despite the bad. Yeah, and I do feel like sometimes uh, the conversation online does trend negative. Um, how much so kind of ebbs and flows, but like, I don't know. Because of the way algorithms work, I feel like uh, hardcore angry takes are kind of easier to push. So we just see them more. I don't know if that's the actual community sentiment, but you know, it is what it is. But it, we thought it'd be a good time to push back on this. Um, so for me, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, the first thing, looking like trying to look back on my year and take inventory in the hobby, uh, the first thing that I am super thankful for uh, is the game of Song of Ice and Fire. Um, found it this, well, like, I had the starter set before then, but we just started playing this year. And pretty late in the year. And we have played an incredible amount of this game for how how short of a time we've been playing it. And I feel like there was a time where our group was, like our play group was in a bit of a slump. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I think uh, like collectively we kept making the podcast and we kept talking about stuff and 
and doing things. But I think there was a good like three or four month period in the year where none of us were playing games. We were hobbying, but like it, the same spirit wasn't there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was like the air was let out, sort of like deflated out of the room. It was stale. Uh, and then we found this A Song of Ice and Fire game, and uh, it was like lighting a match. It kind of rejuvenated us in a weird way, and we all got back together like we missed nothing. And we were theory crafting and hobbying and painting and trying to learn armies with each other because none of us knew this friggin' game. Grinded out games like addicts. Um, and it has just been a delight the entire time. Um, and because I'm not super tuned into it, I, I, I have yet to have any of like the negative associations that I sometimes get with other games. Um, the community so far, at least that I've seen, hasn't been nearly as vitriolic, at least not in any way I've seen. And it has really helped my hobby motivation. I've enjoyed it greatly. And that combined with the, how good house of the dragon was just brought a lot of joy every time I put stuff on the table. And, uh, you know, it helped me play games with my friends more and play games with my wife more, which just makes me happy. So I am genuinely thankful for that game existing and uh, getting a little more attention. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to echo it. Uh, Song of Ice and Fire was a game I didn't expect to enjoy as much as it did, as I did. And I still do. Like, I'm fighting the urge to not just collect a bunch of the <laughs> houses. <laughs> um, but, like, I own almost all the Greyjoy models. That are out. It's a cheap game to get into. It's really easy to pick up. It's a fun time. Like, I, I thoroughly enjoy A Song of Ice and Fire. I think if you haven't given it a shot and you're, you've listened to us talk about it a couple of times, maybe go back and listen to some of those episodes if you haven't. Um, give it a shot. It's worth it. It's worth the, like, $75 entry fee for the starter box, at least. Yeah, and you can play right out of the starter box. Not, like the veiled thing that other some games do like you can play with the starter box but like with the world's biggest asterisk no 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 you can actually play out of the starter box yeah if like you and a buddy that regularly play these games together each want to pick your favorite faction from when you liked the show before it got ruined and then play against each other it's like 75 dollars each which is pretty cheap for this hobby they come pre-built you could buy it play it that day see if it's for you if not there's plenty of places online you can resell it yeah, it's a, it's a good time. I mean, some of them come with like 2,000. Well, it's a 40-point tournament standard there. Some come with 40 points in the box, but all of them come with at least 30, which is the standard smaller game mode. So you will be able to play. It's great. And uh, it's brought me a ton of joy, so I hope it brings y'all joy. Um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's an absolute blast. Uh, John, what's first up on your list? Uh, first up on my list is... Sort of similar to like the hobby space, but it's more of like just having this show. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I think there was a long period of time in this this year that I wasn't playing games, I wasn't painting stuff, I wasn't engaging with the hobby, wasn't really reading too much. I was reading a little bit here and there. And if it wasn't for the show, I feel like I might have fallen off the bandwagon entirely from this thing that I really love, mm -hmm. I really enjoy doing. Um, had a lot of stuff happen in my life this year. I won't get too personal, but having like a solid rock that is this show and the people I make the show with has made me feel like I have some sort of stability, mm -hmm. which is great. 
And I, I know that that's going to continue in the future as we're going on with the show. You know, we don't have a huge following. I'm sure all of y'all know this, but like for you that are listening, I really appreciate you being here because you kind of motivate me to stay engaged with it and not detach. Yeah, you're sort of like an anchor that keeps us doing this thing that we really love doing in the times when we maybe don't quite remember how much we love doing it. Yeah, like, do I always feel like this thing is like the absolute thing I want to do today with my day? No. But when I look back, I never regret it. Like, I never regret doing the thing. Yeah. Which means a lot more to me than like maybe playing video games or like doing this other thing that's just easy in that time, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's it feels very fulfilling, and I don't think that I could keep doing it if we didn't have all those listeners in other countries, if we didn't have all the people who tune in every week to listen. I, you know, talking to an empty room doesn't feel great, but you all are here, and it makes it feel a little bit more like I can get behind the mic and talk. I don't know. I'm currently standing in an empty room, so sometimes it does feel like I'm talking to an empty room, but, uh, you know. You know, the royal empty room. <laughs> <laughs> I am literally in a room, but philosophically, I'm in a community. But spiritually, do we, how is this parasocial relationship? Just <laughs> Theoretically speaking, it's shit. Uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> don't get all Jordan Peterson on me now, G. I, uh. Uh, I don't have the puffery of words to go Jordan Peterson on you. I apologize. Something, something, personal responsibility, Marxists. Um, <laughs> there are like 80% of our listeners who do not get that joke. 15% who are laughing and 5% who are mad as hell. But there are 5% who are just like, fuck these dudes. I'm never listening to them. I thought they were from Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, I feel like, uh, God. Our jokes keep me anchored, but the show has just been a nice through line uh, to keep me uh, engaged, even if I'm not fully immersed in uh, the wargaming sphere, which I'll kind of talk about more later. But, um, you know, having the show to do, while sometimes a little difficult, if I'm being honest, you know, just like this weekend, for example, it's deer season for John doesn't hunt, but I'm out this year hunting. Uh, I'm up at like 5 a.m. I'm out in a tree stand freezing by like 6.15 and then out all day, hunting all day, get a deer, then cleaning a deer all day. And uh, John and I were going to record at like 2 p.m. I didn't even get done cleaning the deer until like 1.15 p.m. Still in the woods. Like we had to kick it around to another day. He's working busy like overtime time. So trying to kick it to another day is hard. You know, sometimes it is difficult to do the show. But even when it is, I still look forward to recording it. Or even when it's hard to come up with engaging episode topics, I still look forward to recording it. Because um, it's going to go out to people. And uh, I've been told by a couple of folks that it really helps their hobby stuff. And uh, uh, like a, just a quick one, I'm thankful to be part of your hobby and I hope you're doing well. Uh, yeah, doing great. Also, that little like gigaw that you think you overpainted on on that guy's belt into the pouch, and you think everyone's gonna notice that that mark was there. I promise you, they won't notice. Leave it alone. You're doing fine. It's gonna be an <laughs> army of like sixty models. No one will know. Yeah, we'll just blend in. It's all right. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's great. 
Uh, my number two for this year has been, uh, for me, oddly, I did not think this was coming. Um, the Siege of Terra books for Warhammer. Yo, like, <laughs> I, I do not like Horus Heresy, John. I'm not supposed to enjoy these books so much. Some of them are just so good, though. Like, I have I have openly weeped listening to a Horace Heresy novel yeah. because of the Siege of Terra. Like, I, I, I enjoyed a lot of the old Siege of Terra novels. Some of these books have made me openly weep in a kitchen while cooking. Damn, they, like, they're good. They're very good. They're like, f- I, we make the joke that it's just like, oh, it's big dudes, big feelings, but like, but for real though, <laughs> it's like Gears of War. Like it's bi- like big dude, big feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, and some of the things I don't know if I'll forget. You know, like the two like little human characters that absolutely do not matter at all in the cosmic sets, but were just two humans who were friends trying to survive, and they didn't. And their death was off screen, and a general mention. Uh, and all it mentioned is that they died together. But like, I will never forget. Willem Cordy and Joseph Barcamunde uh, from Nordafric Resistance and uh, was it 43rd Pan Pack Division? Like the little nobodies just ruined me. Um, yeah. And I have really been enjoying these books. Uh, they've been delightful, which I didn't think I would say because I'm usually not a big horse heresy guy. Um, and it started off a little slow, but uh, yeah, there is some emotional resonance in some of these characters that I did not think would be there in a Warhammer book. Like, uh, I'm used to uh, many 40k novels where a lot of it is just kind of like boom, boom, bolter, death, and I don't always find that very engaging. I will say, like, don't get me wrong, I love Gears of War, so obviously sometimes I'm real into it, but. <laughs> On the whole, it is less of what like keeps a book in my head for long term. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. But getting into the heads of some of these characters, uh, particularly Sanguinius, uh, man, it has not only been like stimulating for my brain, but helped put word to things that I feel like I sometimes struggle to put words to um, that I enjoy a lot. Because I feel like yeah, there's the Horus Heresy, a lot of it is really the interplay between these brothers and what role each person plays in the group. And, uh, sometimes that emotional connection can kind of resonate if you were someone who's like real tuned into that in a friend group. Yeah. And like, there's, there's an aspect of like the Horace heresy novels that start off as like, these are just war novels or like between fighting and like warriors and it's bravado and yeah, yeah, yeah. And somewhere along the line, the books stop being that. Like, they started being much more about, like, this big drama between brothers and everything else. But they also touch on some really deep emotions that tackle some pretty difficult topics. But just behind the guise of, like, haha, shoot, shoot, fight game. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's space opera with, like, laser swords and, like, big explosion guns. But also, like, what's, you know... The escapism of being in a crisis when you're used to trauma, stuff like that, like that is prevalent through multiple books within the series. Like, mm-hmm. what does it mean to be a person when the only thing that you were built for is this one function and that function's taken away from you? How do you like work within a social construct 
when you know your end and can't possibly share it because no one else can relate, you know? Like, yeah. Like that's rough. That's how do you tough. relate to a, how do you relate to a universe that refuses to accept the ways that you're different from them? Like how do you exist within a society that is like catastrophically different from the way you are as a person? Like what's it like to be an outsider in a entire galaxy. Like what do you do with the people you trusted most turned out to be monsters? Like, yes, man, that's some heavy stuff. And like, I feel like in many 40 K books, it'd be taken as like, Oh, what do you do with them? You shoot them. But like, man, handling the problem physically is the easy part. How do you deal with the internal ramifications after? And not to mention that the vast majority of the Horus heresy is, a lot of them try to just solve it with violence or solve it by like shooting them and fighting them and sword fights. And it just makes it worse. Didn't solve it. It keeps getting worse. And like there's a, it's grimdark. Like the Horus heresy is still grimdark. Don't get me wrong. It's not like this, like it's not going to be a happy time, but there's these moments in it where you're like, okay, but at least this puts words to something that I've thought about before internally. Um, and in the guise of an escapist novel that is usually fun to enjoy until you have moments where it's not, but in a good way. Uh, yeah. And it's, it is shocking how just impactful it is. So like, I've really enjoyed those and, uh, you know, it's been a rough year and some of those were things I probably needed to hear really ponder, even if they were a little painful. Uh, but the writing was so good that it made it kind of nice. So yeah, I've really enjoyed those, uh, and I didn't think I would, but I kind of dove into them heavy this year, and uh, I've, I don't know if I'd say I had a good time, so to speak, but I've uh, enjoyed them. <laughs> uh, what about you, John? What else have you uh, been thankful for this year? Well, to to lighten the mood up a little bit, because we've gotten pretty deep. Uh, is, uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. yeah, we got some. We got deep down in there. It's okay. My bad. I mean, that wasn't. We're like midway down in there. I mean, yeah, deep for the show. But anyways, <laughs> don't worry. We'll have a after hours podcast um called Deeper with John and Justin. <laughs> On our OnlyFans. Um, um Yeah. Our Patronus. Um no, like just having 3D printer. Like I got one last ooh, year yeah. and it like around this time. And it like it was great. I was very excited to have it. But as like the world is a different place now in just the span of a year. Like the prices of things are astronomically higher, especially here in the U S like due to lots of governmental regulations and UK and the U S having different markets and inflation, all of the things combining a lot of the models that I used to be able to afford with my relatively decent job. I just can't anymore. Like I was priced out of the hobby. I couldn't afford to get plastic most of the time mm -hmm. um, without sacrificing significant things in my life that I wasn't really comfortable doing as like an adult. And so like a lot of my decisions had to come down to 3d printing to or to stay in it and play with my friends. And I'm very happy that I have the 3d printer to be able to do that. And it also allows me to print things for like Warhammer, like themed, tabletop games or D&D &D 
tabletop games. It allows me to branch out. And I think the most important thing it's allowed me to do is artistically and creatively Mm -hmm. go places I didn't think I could do before because I wasn't going to spend $40 on a resin miniature that wasn't for a game. No, it's not financially feasible for most folks. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would probably do it now that I've printed some Mm -hmm. if it was the right model. You know, I, I print a bunch of stuff all the time just to paint it, just to like make little dioramas and like see how it looks. And like put it up somewhere or test a new thing without painting a whole army. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very enjoyable. It's allowed me to adopt a mindset with the game and the hobby in general where I don't have to paint in order to enjoy playing. And I don't have to paint as a chore. I can paint as an enjoyable activity. Yeah, And part of that is doing these little art pieces. Like I painted a Hellboy figure. It was fun. I painted a, a little like forest demon spirit thing. That was fun. You know, I can just paint things and it doesn't matter. Like I painted a um, 3D printed Loki alligator for somebody. <laughs> uh, God, I love it. Like it was great. Yeah, it's just sort of like a little gateway to uh, a bit more freedom in the hobby. And, uh, for me, it has similarly kept me doing stuff in the hobby when I otherwise might not. Because I have a decent job, but I mean, like John said, prices are high. And like, there's only so much I'm willing to devote to this little hobby of ours. Um, so like, a lot of the time when I'm thinking, man, you know, I'd like to try a little force or something. Uh, financially not on the table. Couldn't do it. Um, now... I mean, for probably six bucks, I printed all these ogres. Maybe like ten bucks, I printed all these ogres. Um, that was so wonderful, and they're better sculpts. Like I, I got to yeah. print these things I wanted in my own house with sculpts I like, rather than going and just paying a lot more for sculpts I dislike. It's wonderful. Yeah. And there's there's negatives to a three D printer like on a community level too, but like I think on a personal level for myself at least, it's been the way I get to stay in this space. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a gateway, especially for you as a Skaven player. Good God! Yeah, it is really just the Skaven Skaven start collecting box. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I do not understand why that army has like more than half its range just from models that are almost older than I am. And some of them are older than I am. Yeah, it's a little rough. It's a little rough. But, you know, with 3D printer, no longer rough. But I'm glad you at least now have something to keep you in it. I mean, hell, you, pa- you printed Chaos Knights in a week. Hey, they're not done. A lot of them are done. I can play a thousand point list for sure, which I might do sometime in the future. That's true. Like pretty soon. Uh, all right, John, I've got a third one, but I warned you, it may kill the mood a minute. Kill this mood. All right. Get deep with deep, me, son. Do you want to go first? <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just kill the mood. He'll be great. Okay. Okay. Um, so like normally on the show, we stay pretty light, but I feel like for me to say my last one, and for you to understand how thankful I am for it. I kind of have to give folks some context. Um, 
because my third one on my screen simply says I am thankful for the solace that the hobby has provided. But uh, I, I don't I don't think it quite gets across uh, how wonderful it's been. Because, y'all, it has been a rough year. Um, and I won't bog you down too much in it, but uh, at the early on at the beginning of this year, uh, my mother's terminal illness got real bad. And I have spent eight months, nine months, trying to get her into a place where she can get help and get her assessed and get guardianship and and do all of that rigmarole when she is incapable of doing it herself. And uh, that is even more difficult because her and I have a terrible relationship. Uh, and it's hard to try to be a good person and take care of an abuser. But, you know, it makes the year difficult. Sometimes real difficult. Uh, and then halfway through that process, uh, God, this is wild to say out loud. Uh, halfway through that process, I found out my dad was murdered. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it was a heavy year. And I usually carry loads pretty well, but sometimes it's a lot, y'all. But... Having this hobby to enjoy, even if it's just like three hours of goofing on a Discord while painting these little minis has been the most wonderful reprieve I could ask for. Um, it's constant. It is always there. The community is so great despite the crappy portions of it. People are so nice and willing to play games and... It has kept me connected to you guys and my friends in times when it would it'd probably be real tough to do so otherwise. And it just sort of gives you a second to catch your breath before, you know, once more under the breach. But I, this hobby really has been a solace in this past year. And uh, I feel like I enjoy my hobby every year, but I feel like I am most thankful for it this year. Because it's just been so damn hard outside of it. So, uh, it has been a little reality check. Uh, and for people out there who also had a crap year, I really hope your hobby has been just as helpful for you as it has been for me. And John, I told you I was going to kill the mood for a hot second. No, you're good. Um, yeah, I think it's really easy for a lot of people to, like, listen to the same, like, winding wheel of like boom and bust content about hobby on the internet where it, it goes, look at this new paints like technique or like look at these new models, look at these new rules and like the new outrage, right? Mm -hmm. The new outward out, out, outrage wheel constantly. It's another thing to get really real to strangers on the internet. Yeah. And be like, Hey, this thing, we can talk shit about it. We can get mad. We can get frustrated no matter how much we care about it. At the end of the day, it is a thing that has helped be, me be stable, right? Mm -hmm. It is painting these little figures is art, but it's also an opportunity to share experiences with other people. Um, gonna, gonna piggyback off of your thing here in that. Oh, are we double dunk in the mood. 
Well, double dunk in the mood. Fuck like, yeah, double du- dunk. Like, Eiffel Tower this mood with me, Joseph. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a quote. <laughs> uh, bring a little bit of levity, like immediately out. But now I we're feel going like right my, back into the pool. The ashes of my dad in a box are looking at me weird from across the room. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, that was a good one that was good i'm glad you got that out how do you uh, um, god the... that at least one person is <laughs> he sure is fucking uh, <laughs> uh, for everyone to know like me and me and joseph have this kind of relationship um Kind of picking back off of some of the stuff he said. Uh, I also didn't really have a good childhood. Don't really have a dad either. Um, I had some similar stuff happen with my dad. He didn't get murdered, but it's more similar to what happened with Joe's mom. I had to deal with a lot of the same stuff with my dad this year, and so me and him, me and Joseph here, uh, really like bonded over that in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Kind of talked about it a lot, and we were dealing with it. Um, but I don't think I could have been to that point with you joe um if we wouldn't have you know we met at larp right we we met at this dugan's flugans game out in the woods where you like pretended to shank me in the kidneys a bunch uh which was a blast. over time which was a blast but over time our friendship stopped being that situation ship if we do the same thing here and more of oh wow we're like we have this community mm-hmm. we do this thing we are we're part of a group and whether it's been doing LARP or doing hobby or playing video games, like we have gotten stronger because of it. And this show allowed us to keep doing that throughout the Panini, throughout the different things that happened through our lives. And I think it's going to keep doing that because it makes us interact and not drift. You know, it's so mm-hmm. easy to drift in adult life from people that you still care about. Like it doesn't mean you don't care about them. But life gets busy. The malaise. Yeah. Yeah, the malaise sits in. It's really easy to just disappear for three months and then be like, oh no, what happened? Um, this show prevents that. Not just for me, but for a lot of people. Uh, we a lot of, so There's some people who listen to the show we talk to in Discord at least once a week, if not once a day. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like our my painting Discord is like one of the few things I check religiously. Yeah, and this th- we talk about things on this show that end up there that then they talk about and then they talk about with their friends, and it feels really good to help people maybe have a similar experience where you know we can get real with you on this show and be like, yeah, man, life sucks sometimes, and the best thing the best thing to cure it it might be sitting down and painting little plastic army men. And just kind of meditating for a bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And doesn't matter what the ballistic skill of that model is. Doesn't matter how good it is, how bad it is. Doesn't matter if that's an army that you don't own models for. Or you do own models for. Or if GW has released a new codex every year for it for the last three years. Looking at you, Lumina. None of that matters. What matters is that you're doing this hobby with people that you care about. Because I think that's what the most of you do. Like, I don't think most pe- even people who go to tournaments like competitively, you care about the people you're playing with because you make friends there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and I think that's 
that's impactful and meaningful in a world that is so more increasingly isolating. Yeah, I feel like human connection is becoming more scarce uh, for some people even more than others. Uh, and this, while it is a game that I think sometimes we get in the weeds about, about you know, competitive metas and percentages and balance arguments and shouting at cloud, like, yeah, I, I'm betting for most of you when you see a release you're not excited because you think your win percentage is going to go up 2%, you're probably real excited to get that new release and go play it with people that you care about. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, this whole hobby is really just an excuse to get, sit around a table and make bad wiener jokes about plastic models. Like that's, yeah, that's what we're doing. here. And the hobby gives you an opportunity to be recklessly kind in a thing that really doesn't matter. Like, it matters if you enjoy this game, but at the same time, like, isn't life or death. But sometimes being kind in those little moments is life-changing. You know, I wouldn't be in this hobby if it wasn't for a middle school history teacher who gave me some Imperial Guardsmen and a codex to read because he saw me sitting after school. Mm-hmm. Like, Tiny things. It took him, what, like a couple minutes out of his day but huge impact. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm now making a podcast about said game and it has helped me through some very difficult years. And, uh, y'all that's great. And I guess where I kind of want to end the show, Joe mm -hmm. is I really want to, we do a lot of calls to action in the show about come subscribe or like our stuff or anything. Um, you can do that if you want, but really what I want all of you to do, is find somebody in your playgroup or at your game store or something this holiday season. They don't have to be any sort of demographic. Just find somebody that you enjoy playing these games with. Do something nice for them. Buy them a coffee before a game. Um, you know, Maybe buy them a model if you can afford it. Mm -hmm. Maybe print them a model if you have a 3D printer. Maybe do something nice for them. Just something nice. There's no winning this contest. Just just do something for them. Spread that around. Um, paying it forward is a weird, weird thing people use all the time. You don't got to post it and tag us on it and Twitter or anything like that. I just want you to go be nice to somebody in the hobby. Because I think we could all use it this time of year. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's nice. And I mean, like, I don't know, man. Other people than me are also having a crap year. And doing something nice for them, even though you might not know it, might really, really help put a cherry on top of what was otherwise a shit sandwich. So, uh, you know, go be recklessly nice. And if you need ideas, we are here. But, I don't know, I, I have the feeling that you probably are able to do it yourself. And if you're here and you're listening to us, probably a pretty cool person. Uh, we will be coming back with regular normal podcasts after this. They won't always be so heavy. I mean, they will sometimes be heavy, but not this heavy usually. Um, we're working on an end of year sort of Christmas episode, um, that we're going to be posting and, uh, we really appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, but for now, that's been all of our opinions.
Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see you all in the next one.